as I said earlier, there are things worse than COVID. And if you keep people isolated, that is one of the most unhealthy control mechanisms that there is, to keep people isolated. That is abuse. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Y Millbank Podcast Network here in Millbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg, and uh, it's still 2021. I know uh, this is after January 6th, and things have been a little bit weird. Uh, the last episode, we talked with Paul Denna uh, during some of the crazy that was going on uh, in D.C. So uh, today, I thought it would be fun to continue that conversation and then talk about 2020 and what it means um, to churches, what it means to people, what it means to the mental, physical health of uh, all of us. And uh, I'm pleased to have with me um, one of the people that I do hold as one of the, m- the most influential people in my lives, um, Pastor Craig Schlesinger from Roseburg, Oregon, um, has been gracious enough to give us some time today. So welcome to the show. Greetings. It's been a very long time. It has been... Um... Uh, years. 12, almost 13. Actually, 13 wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hold on. 13 since I um, moved away from there. It's been, oh man, when did we, when did we meet? When did you come 20, to Roseburg? 20 years ago, uh, in about two weeks, it'll be 20 years. Was it? Oh, one? Yeah. I, I knew it was yeah. a while. And I think I had known you um, or had met at some point before then. But yeah, you came as the pastor to our church in 01. Correct. One of the things that I loved about you was when you came in to take that, uh, that position, I loved that you had the the leadership style to come in and just observe, you know, without coming in, chopping, you know, ripping Band-Aids off, poking things, breaking the house down. Um, You just came in and observed and figured out what was going on before you did any kind of uh, leadership changing. Can you talk a little bit about that, that process and how you, I mean, what does that take to do? Even well, uh, it was uh, a bit of an awkward period of time for this particular congregation. If you'll remember, we had um, we had three pastors in a row uh, spin out, and that's kind you know, when I when I yeah when I say spin out, it was uh, adultery and various other sundry mm-hmm. uh, uh, sins that kind of cousins of adultery, they kind of flock together. Yeah. So, you know, they, they sent in a, an older guy um, to, to try to deal with it, which, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I was an old guy. But what does that make <laughs> me now? But... Uh, <laughs> Wise, um, much wiser. <laughs> it was um, it it was delicate because you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. 
people were hurt, people were disappointed, people, you know, it's kind of like when a family goes through a divorce. Uh, some people still love the, the father who abandoned or, or disappointed. Uh, they love the mother. Uh, they're brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so it was a, it was a, it was a delicate time, but we survived. Uh, God uh, helped us. And, um, you know, we humbled ourselves before the community as, as a church. And, um, you know, we're 20 years down the road and, and the, uh, uh, the health of the congregation has, it's never been better, mm. never been better. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, looking back over the last 20 years of your time in, <clears throat> in Roseburg, uh, and, and in Oregon, cause you came from Washington state. So Correct. coming into Oregon, what, well, and, and then you were, Earlier on in the Dalles, which is almost Washington, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's still Oregon, but it's right on the border. Um, what has 2020 done to, uh, to the state of Oregon and specifically to um, uh, where you guys are at? Well, you know, we're a couple thousand miles due west of you, mm -hmm. um, uh, same nation, but the, the governmental style in the state of Oregon is about as tyrannical as you'll find in the, in the country, maybe, maybe, maybe anywhere right now. Um, very adversarial toward the church very adversarial toward uh, business. Um, 2020 was a very, well, it was just a very difficult year. We were shut down as, as most churches in America were also shut down. Um, and we endured that for a season until I basically had just, I'd had enough. I, I was done with the shutdown. I didn't like what I was seeing, didn't like what I was hearing. Um, the people in our community were, were uh, uh, in trouble emotionally, mentally, uh, socially. They could not gather together. Of course, you know, back in March of 2020, none of us could, mm -hmm. but uh, um, there are some things worse than COVID. <laughs> we discovered what and um and so we uh, broke broke rank we were probably the first church in our county to uh uh open back up and in fact we've stayed open and we will not will not ever close down again was there any pushback from any of the powers that be that uh when you made that decision we did we were threatened um, by who we, we were, we were threatened. Uh, we were, this is an interesting scenario. Um, we were also, uh, uh, belittled by most of the, the pastors and churches in our community. 
what was the what was their angle that you need to obey well, Caesar? Yeah, yeah. Our their angle was uh, we're a health hazard, mm. and we are disobeying um, uh, Governor Kate Brown and her her group of uh, henchmen. So we. Um, uh, now I've heard I've heard her referred to as Comrade Kate Brown. Well, she's <laughs> referred to as many things <laughs> in the state of Oregon, especially in the southern part of the state for which we live. The, mm. In in the southern part of the state, mm -hmm. that's the Oregon Bible Belt. Yeah, and uh, it's very very conservative. Our particular community is probably one of the most conservative. Uh, uh, communities in, in the entire state. And um, of, of course, as you move north, uh, going through Eugene up to Salem and then into uh, 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 Russia, you know, Armageddon, I mean, oh, okay. Portland. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just becomes, it's crazy. Hmm. It's embarrassing. I'm honestly, uh, I'm embarrassed at this time to tell people that I'm from the state of Oregon because of the behavior that our leaders uh, uh, have uh, both uh, endured and promoted. Can you- And were it not, were it yeah. not for one, let me just say this, were it not for one Republican uh, uh, Oregon Senator who I've aligned myself with and partnered with, maybe we can talk about that, but um, uh, there's one voice that's standing out right now for uh, uh, common sense. And that's Senator and, Dallas Heard, correct? That's Dallas, yes. And um, um, we're, we're partnering with him. And we, we've also taken some heat for that. Which, um separation listen, of church and state is that is that the heat oh we've taken some heat from the uh the there's a very liberal uh almost a radical environmentalist uh network in oregon that just we're on their list now mm. <laughs> <laughs> which frankly i couldn't think of a better hate list to be on and um, uh, so we're on kind of a watch list. And uh, again, some of the evangelical uh, brethren in our county view our, um, uh, view our alignment with government, certain government leaders as almost being antichrist. I, I don't get it. Um, I, I just don't get it. But, um, you know, I, I have always been um, a little edgy. I've never allowed, uh, I've never allowed the church, the, the, the uh, a, a denominational church, I, I'll say, uh, domesticate me. Mm. So I remain a bit uh, edgy, adventurous, and I'm not... Um, you know, I just don't, I, I've never been too politically correct. <laughs> I know you know that. <laughs> I do know that. 
and maybe that's one of the reasons that's drawn me to you even more. Um, well, <laughs> I it I suppose that I have um, I suppose that I have uh, a, a a large group that is very skeptical of uh, our our leadership style, but we have. And I, I'm not I, I'm I'm not patting myself on the back when I say this. We have one of the most influential congregations in our whole county, and uh, it's not because we just uh, uh, carry the party line. Hmm. We we lead, and we think, and we innovate. And in this day, more than ever before. There is just a uh, the, our our communities are starving for leadership, and um, I would imagine it's not that much different uh, where you live, but we have a real shortage of leadership in Oregon. Um, over the last four years. Um... 2016, uh, Donald Trump, the current president, uh, was elected. Four years ago, in a couple weeks, he was uh, put in, installed, uh, inaugurated into office. Um, did you see a shift in um, demeanor across the society um, when that happened? Well... Yes, yes, I sure did. We we uh, we conservative evangelicals were thrilled. Maybe not so thrilled with his uh, some of his tweets. Um, you know, he he's he he he's rather uh, uh, he he likes himself a lot. He uh, well, he's willing uh, to say that. I, I wish that he were different, but the the reality is, if he were different, he'd never be able to do some of the things that he did, hmm. in my opinion. Uh, so it gave some of us uh, more conservative evangelicals here in Oregon. Uh, I mean, it did put a smile on our face. We felt like we had an advocate in Washington. We felt like uh, someone really did uh, uh, care about unborn children. Mm. We felt, we felt um, there, there were a lot of things that he rallied around and rallied for that we were able to get behind with him. Um, uh, it did polarize, you know, his, his, uh, his personality tends to, to polarize people. And so we have, uh, uh, well, we see here the same, the same you see uh, elsewhere, not to the same extreme as in Portland, Salem, or Eugene, mm -hmm. uh, but it's quite polarized. If you have a Trump sign in your yard, um, you had to bring it in at night. I had to bring my Trump really? sign in at dark. Really? Yes. Every night for uh, two plus months, 
I had to go out there in my slippers and robe <laughs> and bring in my monster Trump sign. <laughs> because it would be gone in the morning. So what what did that represent? And you know, right now after the events, um, you know, we'll say the events of um, January six uh, at the Capitol. Like uh, the anyone that ever remotely supported what Trump did, or who you know his his legacy, I guess his presidency. Um, they in the media now they are they are claiming that. It's now time to cleanse America of that side of, I mean, what, what does that mean? It, is this an, ins, uh, an incitement to, uh, to continue to divide America? Or is this an attempt to try to bring together? Well, uh, you, you, you know the answer to that question. There's nothing... There's nothing unifying about uh, Biden or the Democratic Party that they've proven a long time ago. The, the, um, there, there's a certain attitude that you need to be silenced if you disagree. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I... Here's my view. You want you want my view? I do, absolutely. In my view, we are very close to a civil war. Uh explain that a little bit more. Like dig down, what would that look like? Are you talking blood? Well, there's already been blood. Yeah. I mean, there's been blood, there's been there's been war in American cities and on American streets for for many months now, but there is a, um, and in no way am I condoning busting in to the White House. Hmm. No way am I condoning that. You bust in there, you're going to get shot. You should have considered that before you broke through. It's kind of the same way if you break into my house. <laughs> <laughs> If you break into my house, um, Karen will shoot you with with her yes. revolver. If she doesn't get you, I the, probably could. the dog will. And, and you know, you say, "Well, you're a pastor." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a pistol packing pastor, and um, there there are seventy plus million Americans that are absolutely disgusted with, with what has happened with the election, with what was happening with the impeachment, what was happening with just about everything that did happen for four years, mm -hmm. um, pretty disgusted. And um, uh, it would not take much to um, create um significant civil unrest i'm not promoting that at all but i see it i'm old enough i've read and studied history enough 
we, we've never been as a nation where we're at right now, maybe not ever, certainly not in, in um, uh, uh, a couple, at least 100, 150 years. We've never, we've never been here before. And the, the amount of dishonesty and um, uh, 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 deceit that that I recognize in government right now is um, is is creating it's creating that vortex. So one of the things that I you know in all of this because right now we're seeing the result of a whole bunch of stuff. Can you um, give us your thoughts on? how we got here i mean what in the world did it take to get to this point if we haven't seen this kind of unrest in a century how did we get here um let me make one more comment and then i'll address that if if i have anything intelligent to say (laughs) i'll allow it if if biden if biden shuts the country down Mm-hmm. which he said he will do. Mm-hmm. If he does that, uh, th- we'll probably have civil unrest. I, I hesitate to say a civil war, so I'll just say civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot, it's abuse, in my opinion, what we are experiencing right now, maybe not in in uh, in your state, but in the state of Oregon, we are experiencing a political abuse. We're we if if someone came to um, if someone came into my office and was in a relationship, <coughs> excuse me, a marital relationship or or just a. a a relationship where there was abuse happening. I can promise you that I, that I would be, <coughs> excuse me, lobbying for a separation mm-hmm. because no one should be submitted to a verbal abu- abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. And what, Kate Brown and many of the uh, Democratic governors are doing right now, uh, including the state of Oregon, is abuse. It is abusive to tell me that there's only certain kinds of clothes that I can wear, that I can only go to certain places and other places I cannot. It's abuse when they monitor my, my emails. It's abuse when they will not let me work and provide for my family. That is abuse. And it just goes on and on and on. One of the things I noticed, because I, because I have connections in Oregon still, I've got family there still. Um, I have family in Minnesota. And so I've been keeping an eye there as well. Um, It's surprising to me the tone that's taken because what I hear from the the governors there is um we're gonna shut down all the non-essential unnecessary people and their work and then the next breath 
they say, oh, you guys have been doing such a good job stepping up and taking one for the team. Good job. Is that, uh, well, is that gaslighting at one level and abuse at the other? Because it, it, I kind of thought about this over the last few weeks and months. It does feel like an abusive relationship where you say, you aren't allowed to do this thing. And then the next breath, you say, you know what? Good job for, for deciding to not do that thing. You did a great job. I'm glad you chose that. Well, listen, the whole thing's just a bunch of crap. Um, when our governor laid out here about uh, 45 days ago, our governor laid out the, the most recent closing. And, you know, she told us all who was, uh, who was needed and who wasn't needed, who was necessary, who was important and who wasn't important. No one should be told that they are unimportant. No one. We are all necessary. Um, and then she proceeded to get on an airplane and fly to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, the very next day. So we we have here, um, you, you know, we have a we have a government that's trying to. Well, it's it's abusive. They're they're controlling what you can watch. They're controlling what you can read. They're controlling. Uh, they're monitoring what you do. Uh, they're telling you how 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 and when you can work. It it's um, how did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? I mean, it's not an overnight scenario. This didn't just happen. No, it's been. Uh, of course, it's been uh, a process of boiling the frog. Mm-hmm. Um, in my in my opinion, humble as it is, in my opinion, uh, it, is, it is an abdication of leadership at numerous levels that's gotten us where we're at. An unwillingness, an unwillingness of the clergy to stand up and use one's voice. Hmm. Most pastors will not address social issues. The reason is that they will uh, lose donors or lose their job entirely. Mm. And so they will not speak. And that is a sad, that, that, that's a sad, sad scenario, especially when you study U.S. history and realize that the clergy in the Revolutionary War was instrumental in rallying the troops. In fact, most of the clergy preached on Sunday morning and then loaded their guns on Sunday afternoons and headed for the front line. They the, the 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 clergy has lost its voice. Some of America's largest churches are are unwilling and unable to impact the the, the culture within their city because they will not 
and they they have not used their voices. So how did it get here? I think it was an abdication of of one's of of the of the voice of the clergy, the a voice of biblical reason, like it or not, our nation was founded on biblical principles. Our constitution. Is there any question that the, the, the men that fashioned this great constitution of the United States, is there any question that these men were geniuses hmm. in, in, in how they fashioned our constitution? And, um, and yet, without the responsibility of leaders, uh, uh, using their voices, I believe, in the political realm and in the and in the in the in the kingdom of God, you you abdicate leadership slowly but surely, and then you have a guy like Warnock in Georgia, mm. Craig. How in the world could such an individual? have been elected to the United States Senate in any state of this union. A guy like Warnock, his belief systems, oh my goodness. So that's where we're at right now. Hmm. That, that's where we're at. Um, am I being a little bit too, uh, am, am, I, am I telling you how I really feel? <laughs> <laughs> it it seems like it, so we'll take it. I mean, um, I I could probably be sweeter. I I could try to be a little sweeter right now, but I'm. I mean, you're asking me, you're you're asking me questions that are, I am passionately, uh, uh trying to address, um, in 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 my circle of influence. Yeah. So what was the, well, okay, let's go back just a little bit. You talk about the clergy losing their voice, uh, whether that was by choice or at the point of a gun or at the point of a, a, um, a, t a tax status. Um, how much of that, like, should a church be tax exempt? Because there, there's a lot of people that say that's outrageous, they shouldn't be, um, but if they are, they have to shut up. Um, wh what is that? relationship like well in fact most evangelical pastors believe that you you have to shut up because of the of the uh, exemption which in fact is not true the exemption has nothing to do with us uh using our voice the separation of church and state uh has been so convoluted that the original understanding of our forefathers is hardly even, uh, there would be few Americans that would be able to uh, uh, even explain what that means. Um, uh, as a pastor, I cannot tell you how to vote. That is your responsibility as, as a U.S. citizen. But I can certainly tell you how I will vote. Hmm. 
I can certainly tell you why some candidates are are not worthy of a vote if you have a biblical uh, worldview. Mm -hmm. And so uh, most pastors, however, that they're afraid to use their voice because uh, they could lose their job. Yeah. Um, in like, there are a lot of people that I've heard say you can't, you know, you, you can't, uh, campaign essentially if you are a church. Um, but I, I, I've heard that what you said as being the way that I've heard it explained by the pastors that I am friends with that. It's not about, it's not like no anyone's holding a gun to your head and saying, this is what you're going to have to do. But everyone across the board in politics, all, heck, all the politicians and all their surrogates, they all say, you need to do vote for my guy. Why would that one sector of the population, the church population and the clergy side, why would they be eliminated from that? Is, is that just uh, a ploy to, to keep them down, keep them quiet? Well, it, uh, you know, it goes back to uh, uh, President Lyndon B. Johnson, so it's a few years ago, where there was um, some challenges. Anyone can do a little bit of research and find out exactly what, what happened. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really do believe there, there is, there was, and there is a... Um, uh, a ploy, if you want to refer to it as such, to keep the mouth of of the clergy silent. Mm -hmm. And um, that was never the intent of our forefathers. So, uh, you know, I... I want our people, I don't teach people what to think. I teach them how to think. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is the responsibility of, of spiritual fathers uh, in this hour and every hour, not to tell people what to think, but to teach people how to think. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so I, I've been doing that. I do every, every almost every Sunday in the pulpit. I will have some commentary on current events, and um, um, the goal being, I, I want our church family to be able to intelligently address current issues mm -hmm. um, at work, at play at school, at home, and to be able to do it without religious spin, religious foo-foo, yeah. I call it, but to do it intelligently and present a biblical wor worldview that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, th thinking about, you know, churches aren't allowed to, it's allowed, I, I say that just because that's, what we're told, um, but in this conversation, um, how is it appropriate? And I'm reading from Forbes.com, um, the 
from January 4th, the headline of the article is Biden's final pitch to Georgia. It says, a day before Georgians head to the polls to decide control of the Senate, President-elect Joe Biden sought to cast the election as a choice between immediate stimulus relief or months of gridlock, promising that victory by Warnock and Ossoff would mean $2,000 stimulus checks would be sent out, quote, immediately. How can, to me, that seems so opposite. I mean, is that not buying votes? I mean, to, to promise if you vote for this person, we're giving you $2,000. How is this not electioneering? How is it not illegal at some level? Because if, if I did that, if I said, you vote for this person and I'm going to give you $2,000, I would go to jail. Well, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to be selective here on my choice of phraseology. <laughs> it it, it seems earlier, like there's a double standard. Is all it, I said earlier, it's crap. And... Um, uh, we, the the system that we have now is corrupt. I mean, it's corrupt. They're not even trying to hide it. There was a time when at least they tried to cover it up and hide it, camouflage it. They, they, what, there's no what, hiding What, because they would promise the bridge in your county instead of a direct payment to you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's, we're living in a, in a really sad day. It's sad. And what concerns me mostly as a, as nearly a 70 year old man is what it's going to be like for my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. What kind of, what kind of world am I leaving for my grandchildren. Uh, what thinking man and woman does not consider what they're going to leave to their sons and daughters? One, and, one uh, of the arguments that, that I hear and see a lot um, about uh, when churches choose to, you know, stay open or, you know, to actually minister to the people they're ministering to um, or if there are people that question the wearing of a mask or uh, some of these these rules that have been put on us, um, the thing that gets thrown back almost exclusively by the, the non-Christian crowd is, well, Jesus said to love your neighbor, and so you aren't loving your neighbor unless you are doing the things that we're telling you you're supposed to do. That's loving your neighbor. What do you say to that position? <laughs> well, uh, if the medical community is promoting a mask, wearing a mask, because it has the science behind it, then uh, again, uh, as I said a little bit earlier, it's it is abuse because there is no science behind the mask um the mask 
is a joke. I think history will record that, but I, uh, that that will be for you to uh, that'll be for your generation to read. I'll probably be uh, gone by then. But it, the mask is not protecting us. Um, um, it is loving my neighbor for me to give them the freedom to choose um, how they're going to respond in this crisis. That's the loving thing, in my view. Um, it would be different, perhaps, if there was any science behind uh, a lot of the nutty stuff, masks, closure. Interesting, isn't it? Maybe you don't want to go here in the conversation, but isn't it interesting that the states, the state, the city and states where there has been the, the, the most harsh closures have the worst number of cases of COVID. Well, they, they would claim, the leaders in those places, that that's because they aren't getting enough buy-in. People aren't, aren't doing it. So they need, according to Andrew Cuomo in New York uh, and Newsom in California, they need to enforce it better. Because if they enforce it, then it, will, then it will be proven to work. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, most Americans have at least minimal brain power. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> uh, uh, and recognize that that is a bunch of foo-foo. That, in fact, there is no science behind. You know, they're always promoting the science. They're always promoting this. There is no science behind it. And God forbid that someone would, would publish uh, a, a paper or any kind of a media uh, a response that would be contrary to the uh, a more popular uh, opinion. You, you will, uh, the, the control the control mechanism of our current government will shut you down. That's abuse. So, so you might argue that it's the loving thing to do. I would, I would tell you that it's abusive. It is the abusive thing to do. Is there ever a place for a government um, and and I'm I'm speaking specifically to the the model of we'll we'll call it freedom in America, um, where a government should or does have the right and responsibility to limit movement um, for health reasons. Is there an appropriate time and place for that? Of course, if we were dealing with a plague with a deadly plague. You say, well, is, isn't COVID deadly enough? Um, look at the numbers. Look at the science. Look at the statistics. Um, 
in answer to your question, yes. In my in my yeah. view. Yeah. And but that's... we're not there. This is not that. This is not that. In my view. Looking as we go, we're running tight on time for you, and I, I don't want to not be able to go here. So in the last, well, 10, 12, 12 years, 14 years, um, the advent of social media has just exploded. And that, that thing has become, you know, with, with Facebook coming out and uh, the iPhone, the fact that in our hands now we have a more powerful computer than they had 100 years ago. And we carry it in our pocket. We don't even think about it. And we get mad if it doesn't open up as soon as we turn it on. I mean, we just, we need it right now, right now, because we can. What has social media done to our uh, civil discourse, to our society, to the, our amygdalas, to, I mean, to our, our mental state? Well, it's, it's a sad day for America when we have these large uh, media moguls controlling uh, what you read, controlling what you watch, controlling what you say. Uh, that is, uh, that, that's frightening. The, the, uh, the online platforms um, are, are controlling what you and I get to see because they want to control how we think. Um, uh, that is um, uh, that is nothing short of a propaganda campaign. Do you think that was the intent behind it, or is that just a a, a positive side effect of what came out of social medias and the internet? And I I say positive because I presume it's positive on from one perspective. Uh, I think it's frightening. And I think that it has everything to do with with the almighty dollar. Hmm. I think uh, 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 that we are edging closer every day to a socialist uh, a form of of thought process and government process. It it's very frightening for me. So outside of outside of that going against the the founding of America, what is the detriment um, of that society to to the church and to the the Christian in in the world in America? I guess. Well, when uh, when Bernie Sanders was running for. Trying, trying to get to the White House. I spent a couple of Sundays dissecting his agenda, his socialist agenda. It is, it is the most unbiblical, and in some cases, it's not unbiblical, it is anti-Bible hmm. uh, agendas of 
of anyone that has been in politics, perhaps in in uh, in American history, uh, socialism is unbiblical, and it would not be even far off to say this: socialism is anti-Bible. So when you ask the question, what is, you know, how, how, how could that affect us? Why is that something we should be concerned about? Because it is, it will take us so far, far, far away from the heart, intent, and spirit of our forefathers there will be no recognizing this nation. Uh, there'll be no recognizing the nation if if we go there. How how does that um, you know? Is it possible to set aside that part of it, the uh, the American freedom experiment part of it, and then just put like what would be the the downside of that socialist model? to the Christian, can, can you separate the two? Can, to Americans, can you separate that? Could, could you say, yes, it's okay, we're going to throw off this system we had, and we're going to get this other system, and it's good, and we can still do our, our, our Christian thing? Well, the church slash the Christian thing using your phrase, um, thrives in some of the most difficult environments on the planet. Mm -hmm. The church in China, communist China, uh, thrives in a very rigid, structured environment where, in fact, it's actually illegal to assemble. But the church has, has been able to thrive. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of God is not uh, hamstrung by uh, political views. However, in my opinion, one of the reasons why America has been amazing, one of the reasons why America has been perhaps the greatest nation of givers that there has ever been on this planet is because we have a, a system of governance that, that has allowed the church to influence the, uh, the culture. Remove that, and you, you can watch what has happened in any number of socialistic countries. One of the first things to go is the voice of the clergy. One of the first things to go. So, um, yeah, it will dramatically influence the culture if we move towards socialism. So is that... Um reason enough to push back adamantly against uh, that movement as as the American church? 
in my opinion, it is reason enough for me as a uh, as a spiritual father not to allow that to happen on my watch. Hmm. Uh, that motivates me. This should not happen. And this is my watch. This is my time. I've got to use my voice, my influence. Yeah. Uh, quickly, before we wrap, uh, and I, I, I wish we had another much longer because I, we could keep going. We'll have to do this again. Um, Listen, very enjoyable. Um, what would your encouragement be, I guess, uh, your wisdom to other churches across the country, pastors primarily, um, in how to respond in their communities? And, you know, I, I can imagine a one-size-fits-all pattern is not ideal, even, even in that response. Um, but what would be your encouragement to them uh, on how they should approach these uh, these questions of whether they should uh, comply, not comply, however that, whatever that looks like. Well, I understand the dilemma that that most uh, North American uh, clergy face today. They're they're part of a board run, uh, board governed uh, a system. You know, there's a variety of those. Uh, uh, governance models, but uh, primarily in North America, pastors are an employee and they are subject to a, a council or a board and they're hired and fired and evaluated uh, uh, based on a number of criteria that unfortunately, sadly, uh, does not promote leadership. Uh, most pastors, and if it sounds like I don't like the church or love pastors, you, you've mischaracterized me. I love the church, and I love pastors, but I recognize that most of them um, have been uh, domesticated, and they... they uh, uh, they have uh, been cornered into uh, uh, being anything but prophetic in an hour that demands that pastors use their prophetic voice. Yes, we are pastors. We love people. We love and shepherd and, and, and tend the flock. But there is also those times when the voice of the pastor must be prophetic. And a lot of pastors uh, are afraid to use their prophetic voice. So what would they do in answer to your question? I think they need to rally their key leaders around them and, and, and experiment using that prophetic voice and call their key leaders to a higher level of of understanding the spiritual dynamics that's going on in our country today. And, and then begin to uh, see if that can't spread in within the congregation so that people understand the spiritual warfare that's happening mm -hmm. around it. 
I had one more th- commentary that I wanted to question you on, uh, but that might lighten the mood <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, have you ever thought in your head that it would make some sense, an inclusive sense, to end a prayer with a man and a woman? <laughs> Um, <laughs> as as, uh, as just Mr. a Weinberg, <laughs> Mr. Weinberg. Yes, sir. I have never heard anything more idiotic, more unthinkable than what I read and heard about that particular prayer. Um, we have sunk to all-time lows in our nation. And that would be one that would go down in the record books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was pretty certain that it was the Onion or the Babylon Bee when I first saw it. Because it, 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 was, it seemed so obviously absurd to think that amen is a gender reference. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Okay, well, I'm not alone. I, I just figured as, as a pastor, you would have, you know, some some thoughts on that. <laughs> oh, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the this this hour. Um, I wish we had more, and we'll have to do more because I we have all kinds of places we could go. Um, do you have any? Uh, are you like? On the the social medias, what <laughs> are are you out there that uh, people could follow? Do you want uh, the the church information out? What would you? Uh... Well, people can certainly uh, go to our uh, website, GardenValleyChurch.org. They can go to our app, Garden Valley Church Roseburg, if they're interested in seeing what we do and. Um, I I personally am not uh, you know I'm I'm just one click away from boycotting uh, Facebook entirely, and um, but we do broadcast our service on Facebook. I don't know that they always I they do shut us down periodically. They do really. Yeah. So that that's happened. For um, what? Uh, like, what was their reasoning? Um, they don't. Have- have to have a reason oh they just tell you you're you're off sorry we we uh we still broadcast on facebook and have a fairly large viewership Mm -hmm. on facebook but it wouldn't hurt my feelings for that to go away entirely Mm. yeah so um uh we actually are a very loving congregation (laughs) in spite of what you might think about me. <laughs> and we really do you. care about people. Yeah. Uh, we, we do care about people uh, and, and helping people be the best they can be of who God created them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what, uh, I just, this just came to me. Um, how, you know, thinking of these shutdowns and, you know, churches being the one of the big things that they closed down, uh, including other things. So it's not like they just said only churches at first. Some places went there later. Um, but was the emotional side and the spiritual and the, the 
the human side of this not even considered in some of those? Because, I mean, suicides are crazy high. Depression is high. Uh, abuse is up. And it almost seems like none of that was considered. Well, it, uh, it wasn't considered. It still isn't considered by many. And um, the human predicament, the human need, there, as I said earlier, there are things worse than COVID. And if you keep people isolated, that is one of the most unhealthy um, uh, control mechanisms that there is, hmm. to keep people isolated. That is abuse. That's abuse. It is much more abusive than whether you wear a little hanky over your mouth and nose. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. there's the descriptor. Good job. Yes. Well, uh, Pastor Craig Schlesinger, I appreciate you taking the time again to do this. Uh, this is the interview. Um, any last thoughts before uh, I let you go so you can get on to your next appointment? Listen, my, my privilege to sit with you. It's fun to visit with you. Thank you for enduring my rant. <laughs> Rantings. Uh, um. <laughs> I, I would pray that uh, uh, folks that are listening to this podcast would be uh, encouraged in, on a number of levels. One, you can make a difference if you'll learn how to use your voice hmm. and be, be bold enough to do that. Use your voice. Don't be afraid. Don't cower. Uh, secondly, uh, you know, you can partner with with people who are making a difference. And um, frankly, I would not attend a church in 2021 where there was, um, where you were, were consigned to watching the service online. Mm. You need more than that. You need human contact. And, and I would say this, you, you need you need a, a pastor who will help you learn um, not what to think, but how to think biblically. Mm. And, and if we will have churches rise up in this hour uh, and, and strong Christ followers rise up in this hour, it can make a difference in our future. Amen. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Again, have a fantastic day. Happy New Year also. And and to you. Indeed. Send a... And greet, greet the Queen Mother. Absolutely. And all the little subjects. <laughs> all right. Love Thank you. you. Have a great evening uh, or day, whatever it is. Yes. Be safe. Thanks a lot for Thank coming you. on. See ya. God bless. Yep. This Bye. is the interview podcast on the Weinbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg. Well, that was a... Uh, an interesting conversation and we uh, we hope you enjoyed um, it's good to get voices that are, uh, on here that are passionate about what they believe and why and that that, that is important as we go forward whymailblank.com is the website thanks for listening have a wonderful day <laughs>